0: guys. It's great to have you tuning in with us this morning on this Good Friday as we lead up to Easter Sunday. And we're going to be taking communion together later on. So if you've not already, why don't you go and grab yourself some wine and bread or juice and crackers or whatever it is that you can find around the house to represent the, uh, the emblems. And later on, we'll we'll share in that meal together. But before we, uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to spend a few minutes this morning, just sharing a little bit about Good Friday, about what it means and and actually how it can speak into each and every one of our lives. So this meal that we're going to share together, it's known as as the Last Supper. It was Jesus' last meal before he went to the cross and ultimately died for for us. And so together, Jesus and his disciples, they shared this meal, this, this Passover meal together. And Essentially, he took this opportunity to prepare his closest friends for what he was about to face and, and actually how they were going to have to process the fact that he wasn't going to be with them anymore. But one of the most incredible things I think of when I, when I look at this, this Last Supper, this, this meal that, that Jesus and his disciples shared together, is, is actually who it was that Jesus was sharing his meal with. Because not only was this a collection of his closest friends, among those people was Judas, the one who was going to stab him in the back. So Jesus chose to share his very last meal before he went to the cross with the guy who was going to send him there, with the guy who was going to put him on the cross. And, And isn't that just the perfect picture of god's grace doesn't it just how much and how much he just wants to be great towards us and then later on in the in this story of of the events of good friday we see that you know jesus has been humiliated in front of the crowds he's been beaten Almost to the point of death. And then, and then he's led to the place where they're going to crucify him. He's taken up to the place of the skull, Golgotha, where they're going to nail him to a cross. And as those nails were hammered into his wrists and into his feet, and then the, the crown of thorns was pressed down into his head, and then he was lifted up onto this cross. You know, in that moment, it's, it's impossible to imagine what must have been going through his mind, how much pain he must have been feeling, how much suffering he must have been going through. But, but Jesus is hanging there on this cross, even though he didn't do anything wrong. He did nothing to deserve being on that cross. So he's literally hanging there, this beaten and, and bloody mess. And what words come to his mouth in that moment? What words come to the mouths of the mouth of Jesus as he's suffering, as he's hanging there naked and beaten and bloody on a cross? Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. It's just incredible, isn't it? Even in the midst of this torture, he's thinking about other people. He's putting other people's futures ahead of his own. He's in such pain. I mean, I don't know if you can imagine this, but in order to even take a breath, he needs to put all of his weight onto his nail-pierced feet to push himself up just to take a breath. And so in order to speak even a couple of words, he was going to have to go through excruciating pain. And yet, he chose in those last few moments, with those last few breaths left in his lungs, he chose to go through even more pain just to say, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive the guys who have literally hammered the nails into my flesh. Forgive the guys who have beaten me, who have mocked me. I want you to forgive them. What an amazing picture! of the grace and the love that Jesus has. You know, maybe there's some people watching here this morning, I don't know, and maybe you think that you don't deserve God's love. Maybe you're thinking, how could I ever uh, expect God to love me? How can I ever have a relationship with God? Does he know what I've done? Does he know all the mistakes that I've made? You know, we can think that, that maybe we've run too far in the opposite direction. We've been sprinting as fast as we could away from God and and into the life that, that this world might want us to live. And so we think that we're so far away from God, we're so far removed from him that there's no way that he could love us. There's no way that he would be able to reach us. But know this, no matter how far you've run, No matter how fast you run away from God, he's chasing after you. He's chasing after you and he's pursuing you and he's hoping and waiting for that moment where you turn around and you make that decision to turn back to him. And guess what? He's right there behind you. He's right there behind you with his arms open wide like they were on that cross ready to pour out his love on you, ready to pour out his grace on you, ready to just show you the compassion and the love that he has for you. And I hope that if that's you this morning, and if, if you're thinking that you've gone too far away from God, that, that maybe these two snapshots of the Easter story, these two little highlights that I've, I've pointed out this morning, I hope that they paint a picture of God's grace I hope they paint a picture of God's love and and how much he loves us. You know, it's it's an incredible love. It's one that we can never uh, earn. It's one that we don't deserve, but it's one that he gives us anyway. He doesn't ask for anything in return. He just asks for us to turn around and say, will you love me? And he, of course, says, yes i will and he wraps his arms around us and he he shows us and lavishes us with his love and with his grace you see jesus chose to share his last meal his very last meal before he went to the cross with the one who would betray him i mean if he can go through that if he can make that decision knowing exactly what judas was going to do if he can make that decision to share his last meal with Judas, then there's no doubt in my mind that he can, he can spend some time with me and you. That he can show me and you how much he loves us. That he can pour out his grace on us. I don't know, maybe just take a moment right now and just think about a time when you've been hurt. A time when someone's said something or, or done something to you and it, it's really hurt you deep inside. And then take that thought and magnify it by 10, 50, 100, whatever it takes to get to actually the reality of what Jesus went through on the cross. And now ask yourselves knowing how much pain that person was going to cause me, knowing all the suffering and the hurt that I was going to go through because of the thing that that person will do to me, do I want to invite them around for dinner? I mean, I don't know about you, but that seems like a no-brainer. There's absolutely no way I would want to spend time with someone knowing how much they were going to hurt me. And yet here's Jesus, knowing full well that Judas was going to send him to the cross, knowing full well that 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 betrayal that happened in the Garden of Gethsemane was going to ultimately lead him to his death. But he made the decision, the conscious decision, decision to say, do you know what? I'm going to include him within this meal, within this, this precious moment, with these last few moments with his closest friends on earth and say, let's break bread together. Let's spend time together. That's the unconditional love of God. That's the unending grace of God. And, and then in his last moments, with his dying breaths, Jesus asked his father to forgive his executioners. Wow. I mean, it's unfathomable, isn't it? It really is the ultimate in enduring love. It really is the ultimate. And and Jesus wasn't just trying to set a good example. He wasn't saying, well, I hate you all, but I better look good in this moment because it's going to be recorded for years to come. So what I better do is just put myself through some extra pain to say I forgive you just so I look good in the future. Not a chance. His prayer, his request to his father for forgiveness reveals the essence of who he is. It absolutely highlights that That Jesus is the personification of God. It shows us his character, his true nature, and actually his true nature and character is love and grace. In John 15, verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends and and that's what jesus did isn't it he he paid the ultimate sacrifice he made the ultimate expression of love for us in dying on the cross and then in 1 john chapter 4 it says god showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him this is real love This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. If you're asking yourselves this morning, what does God look like? Well, God looks like love. God looks like love and he chose to show us how much he loves us. He chose to show us the extent of his love through the person of Jesus. In order to experience God's love, we, we simply need to look at Jesus. You just need to look at his lives as you, as you read through the Gospels in Scripture, you can see on these pages and in these words that the life that Jesus lived and, and the love that he had for everyone, he always put others above himself. If we want to get to know the character and the heart of God, we just need to look at the character and the person of of Jesus. You know, he went through all that pain and that suffering for you. He chose to do it for you. He absolutely didn't have to go through with it if he didn't want to. He could have said, "Do you know what, Father, I'm not into this. I'm not down for for what I'm about to face. So, why don't we come up with another plan or or why don't we just change what's going to happen and we'll do something else?" But That's not the choice that he made. He said, do you know what? Not my will, but your will be done. And so he made that choice. And he went to the cross. And he went through all that pain and that suffering for you and for me so that we can have a relationship with our heavenly Father. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve God's love. And and I don't deserve God's love. You see, we've all messed up. We've all done things that that we regret. We all have been through rubbish in our lives. But to God, that doesn't matter. He doesn't look at you and see all the mistakes that you've made. He doesn't look at you and see all the times that you've messed up. He looks at you and he sees his son. And he looks at you and he sees his daughter. And he just wants to say, I love you. I love you. Forget all the things that you've done wrong. I just want to love on you. And so he's waiting. He's waiting right behind you for for you to make that decision to turn around to him and say, God, I'm sorry that I've messed up. Will you forgive me? And he's right there with those open arms, with his bleeding heart, saying, yes, of course. I want to love you. I want to pour out my grace on you. I forgive you for everything, forget about it, let's move forward in love. So we're going to share communion together because it's a, it's a beautiful picture that reminds us of what it is that Jesus went through on that cross, that, that awesome demonstration of his love for us. And so although we might be separated by distance and you're probably sat in your living room, maybe in your pyjamas or whatever, I don't know. And I'm sat here in a church building that's very strange being this empty vessel. But just because we're separated by distance, we can be united in this moment as we share in this meal together. So Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he said that this is a symbol of my body, broken for you. And then later on, as they shared that meal together, he took the cup and he said, this cup is a symbol of my blood poured out for you. So as we share together in this moment, as we recognize the ultimate sacrifice that, that Jesus made, and we see this amazing love and grace that he poured out for us, and, and remember, it's not for those who are good enough. It's not for those who are special. It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Why don't we, why don't we pray together? Father God, we just want to thank you so much for for your love and for your grace. And I just want to thank you that you made that decision, that sacrifice to send your one and only son down to this earth to, to live a perfect life, to show us how it is that we should live our lives. And that ultimately he went to the cross, that he made that decision to go to the cross, to to go through all that pain and that suffering and that shame, and he made that decision for us. And so I pray right now that as we remember what it is that Jesus went through, that we don't remember just Jesus on a cross, but we look forward to Easter Sunday where he rose again, he conquered death, he wiped clean all of our sins so that we can once again have relationship with our Heavenly Father, that we can have a relationship with our Creator, And we are so grateful for your love and for your grace. So we just want to praise you and we want to thank you. And we just want to lift your name on high and give you all of the glory and the honor that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen.